and your spells and your witchcraft. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? A real house-haunting, broom-riding, cauldron-stirring witch. everybody and welcome back to Bitchcraft, Spirituality for Bad People. I'm your host, Grace McGrade, here to administer your astrological weather report. This is the last week of Capricorn season, so if you are feeling like a cynical, bossy bitch, if you are over the jaded daddy energy, if your workaholism is at an all-time high, the sun is ending its cycle. Whenever the sun is ending a cycle, in one particular sign, there is an application of mastery. We're graduating through that energy. And what do we learn in Capricorn season? We learn about our place out in the world at large. We learn about where it is we want to apply our mastery the application of energy. Capricorn is the most evolved of all the earth signs. So it's very work-oriented, very mission-driven. We still have Venus retrograding in Capricorn. If you haven't listened to my previous podcasts, I won't shut the fuck up about Venus being in retrograde. It really seems to affect me. I myself have um, experienced some type of karmic regression or that's at least the uh label i'm allowing myself to lean into (laughs) um during this period of time um venus in retrograde in capricorn we're re-examining old power dynamics if you find that old things are coming up to be healed you're revisiting old people old energy don't be hard on yourself just try and observe what's happening understand that there's a reason we're revisiting some of these older themes right now if you think back into what was happening um in august of 2020 and april and may of 2021 um that was also around the time that uranus was at 10 degrees of taurus Um, This is a theme on January 18th, Uranus stations direct at 10 degrees of Taurus, culminating some of the themes that were revealed there. And a lot of the themes of Uranus and Taurus is about a polarization of values. We're being challenged to fight for our worth in relationships. There's definitely an aura of foreboding and unrest. We want to get to the future quickly. And we're pressured to stay really awake and alert in our bodies, um, Listen out for those sort of microscopic clues in your body, particularly as the sun on the 16th will conjoin Pluto, which happens once a year. And Pluto is the underworld. It's the subconscious. It's what's hidden. It's what's being transformed. It's what's being reworked. It's shamanism. So something is going to be illuminated on that day, something big. It could be also a collective reveal of something hidden. We are being... um, 
encouraged to challenge the narratives of the masculine energies and inspect instead what it means to be intuitive and sort of fight for unconventional unconventionality and what it means to kind of be be different you know pluto reminds us that the subconscious creates physical reality physical reality is a derivative of non-physical reality Pluto, Pluto is also what we have extracted from our ancestry. I like to think of it as where our ancestors left off, what we're here to, here to change. And part of what we're moving through is the reality that our intent can modify future probability. And the higher we are in vibration, meaning the more light or information that we're carrying, the more awareness we're carrying, um, the easier it is to shift future probable outcomes this is kind of a one of the things that's been like one of the downloads get a pen and paper bitches one of the downloads that came through this past week was um the higher you are in vibration the more perceptions you can hold at once and the quicker it is for you to move through them it is absolutely insane to me that there are people who don't know their fucking charts and like that is your map to the matrix i can't believe that there are people walking around who don't know their code it is insane to me crazy anyway (laughs) on the subject of uh, matrix confusion on january 14th mercury will retrograde in aquarius so once again we've got venus retrograde we've got mercury moving into retrograde these are personal planets mercury is the messenger it's also about medicine and healing when mercury retrogrades in aquarius we're revisiting old friendships we're inspecting how we navigate the internet how are we dealing with technology maybe it's a time to uh examine your intake of information so yeah big energies we're about to walk through um on this week's episode of bitchcraft i'm going to get extra fucking weird probably gonna talk a lot about aliens about interdimensional beings a lot of room for misinterpretation posting this before mercury is stationing retrograde in aquarius a reminder mercury will retrograde back into capricorn which i think is is interesting and it will move through some of the territory that venus and pluto have been playing in um so there's some there there's definitely like an aura of like okay we're dealing with heavy karma heavy karma we're culminating things we're moving ahead although it's the beginning of a year there's still a sense of uh tying up loose ends you know it's pretty exciting how this whole paradigm is quite literally going to collapse so remember to follow resonance over logic and reasoning to listen to energy and your emotions before the cerebral i know that sounds counterintuitive i'm basically saying don't think don't think at all just do (laughs) if you follow your own resonance you will always be met by things that are a vibrational match to you if you follow your own resonance you cannot be lied to because energy cannot lie when you feel into a person the idea of a person or an experience or a place does it feel expansive or does it feel restrictive If you keep going back to an old energy, ask yourself why. 
what is that person or situation mirroring to you in your picture of self-worth? This is the big theme when the North Node moves in to Taurus. I'm really excited. I think it's going to be an amazing year for uh, heart awakenings. I think that a lot of people who are not waking up are going to to wake up during this cycle. I woke up in 2016. I think the nodes were on the same axis then. Could be wrong. Um, but that period of time was batshit insane. I like revisited old trauma and then saw like incredible evidence of my ability to attract, you know, Taurus is ruled by Venus, things into my reality. The North Node represents the focus, the focal point. The learning lesson of a period of a couple years when it's in a sign. So we just moved out of the North Node being in Gemini. That was really grappling with the idea of polarity and how there can be two things and two timelines um, true at the same time. There's multiple truths. We're capable of holding a million perspectives and we're moving through these. And we were meant to kind of resolve judgment and have empathy for, for our duel, for our opposite, for our counterpart. We saw that with um, a lot of the politics and, and the vaccines and stuff like that. And then with the North Node moving into Taurus and the South Node in Scorpio, we're unhooking from other people's um, energy, shared energy, unhooking for, from subconscious blocks, moving back into our own physicalities, developing new monetary systems. It's a time of focusing on what we actually value. What timelines do you want to buy into with your attention? And also, how can you work on your body being an instrument, a vehicle for moving into these higher timelines? Yeah. Anyway, like I said, Venus is very uncomfortable until March, has multiple conjunctions with Pluto. Although these are global energies and there's probably going to be um, some kind of macrocosm uh magnifying glass expression of these energies in the collective news snooze snooze cycle the snooze cycle i do feel like intuitively there's something important about unhooking from parasites parasitic people vampiric people people who try and make you feel less than and doing it on a smaller scale dismantling these systems in your personal life is powerful and it ripples out and i think until we can unhook from some of these dynamics in our individual worlds we're not capable of alchemizing them on the world stage i don't even think the world is as big as we're told it is like there could be maybe like seven people i'm just kidding maybe the most narcissistic thing I've ever said. Um, but yeah, let's roll into the alien segment. Hi, Izzy. Hi. Hi, Grace. How are you doing? I'm amazing. That was intense. Venus retrograde moment. Yeah. Um, we are going to talk about aliens. Yes. But first of all, checkpoint, how's your Venus retrograde going? When did it start? Uh, couldn't tell you. <laughs> Worst astrologer ever. 
<laughs> Couldn't tell you time isn't real. No, but I thought Mercury just went into retrograde too. Mercury goes on into retrograde on Friday. Okay, well I'm already feeling that. Yeah, it's I like regression to vibes. regression vibes. I'm feeling all sorts of moody when I'm at work. I'm just I feel like there things are just clashing and I'm going I'm having and everyone around me is dealing with the same thing cuz I can see it happening. There's just so many extra steps and complications and everyone's handling things, but it's like you have to, you know, take a step back and look at it and deal with it. And yes. Yes. Take a pause. Just, just a examine. Pause. Um, so when I, when we, I mean, we were both really excited to do this episode, obviously, because you and I have a shared passion for extraterrestrial interdimensional beings um, we just had dinner. We had fries, yeah. and I had a bloom. An orange juice. <laughs> um, and uh, my ex boyfriend was there. It was very triggering. <laughs> so I'm fine. Everything's fine. But we um, we were kind of talking about how to approach this because it's such a varied subject. Like I said, I feel like there are as many aliens as there are dimensions, meaning to say that there are many, and aliens are not extraterrestrial only. They're also interdimensional. It's just a blanket term to describe kind of anything that's not the average human you see walking. I mean, it could be. You don't know. But it's it's just something different. Yeah, something completely. Completely. Um, so... To sort of, I'm, you're, I hope you're not going to be bored of hearing this, but um, to begin my journey into the world of aliens, um, not a lot of people know this, and I don't really talk about this, but I, uh, prior to being what I am now, used to be a complete asshole. Um, I was a very problematic teenager. I was incre- I struggled with a lot of suicidal ideation. I snuck out of uh, the house all the time. I wouldn't go to classes because I didn't think they were relevant. <laughs> and my parents had had enough and they, uh, boxed me up and shipped me off to a boarding school in Utah. Before this, I was going to like an arts high school. It was like, uh, fame. It's called Loxa. And then I was, uh, sent away to Utah and it caused a huge amount of um, abandonment, neglect, betrayal. Um, it was very upsetting. I went voluntarily. I know some people are literally kidnapped out of their beds. Paris Hilton, if you don't know, did a whole thing on this is her cause. I love it. I'm like, yeah, but the patron saint of boarding schools. The patron saint of abusive boarding schools. So Utah, like, like they have weird laws about. Uh, how you can um treat children there (laughs) like you can take away their rights basically abuse them yeah yeah so they have a lot of boarding schools there i got sent there um and this was during 2020 uh 2012 which was the end of the mind calendar so it's supposed to be the marking point of the great awakening so i'm there um the whole experience is weird a lot of the kids weren't there for anything other than being like problematic in their family dynamics or problematic at school breaking down systems. I had a roommate who literally was sent there because she believed that the government had a cure for cancer and was so convinced of it that she like wouldn't 
stop talking about it and they were like okay you're going to utah she was her mom was dying and she you know and then i had another roommate who i think uh she was a hacker and she she uh dismantled a small government <laughs> like just girly things and so um tumblr girls. The tumblr girls unite um so i'm there i'm it's like the hunger games the rules are insane i could go on for a whole episode about how abusive these places are it causes a huge amount of trauma for me um and i'm in like survival mode it was maybe one of the most difficult things in my life and i've been through a lot of difficult things in my life um but while i'm there my therapist has this book in her office and it's called the indigo children book and i see the cover of the book and there's a girl on the cover she's like a black girl and she has these really magnetic eyes and every time I was in her office, I was drawn to this fucking book. I kept looking at this book and being like, I want to read this book. And I was like, what is this book about? And she was like, oh, you know, can't really talk about it. And I was like, that's fucking weird. Why wouldn't you tell me what's in the book in your office? Years go by. I swear to be a normal person. I'm modeling in New York. I don't want to talk about Utah. I don't even want to think about Utah. I don't want to go there in my mind. I try and block it off you know i'm like not eating professionally it's great <laughs> i'm having a great time um and then one day it all kind of catches up to me and i'm like oh i have this extreme wound that i'm not looking at and somewhere amongst me revisiting that wound and also like projectile vomiting onto my parents and being like you put me here because basically this place got exposed by anonymous you know the hacker group anonymous they took down what? this place is called logan river academy they had a whole thing we where the letters my entire our like senior and junior years of high school yeah I was in arizona we were actually neighboring states which is of kind of crazy yeah but i remember logan river logan utah yeah Maybe we were just, like, spreading our psychic seed across the nation. also that we're speaking of aliens. Both of those states are much closer to the alien realm, and there's way more UFO spottings. As you oh, were saying, in Utah. Arizona. Arizona, too, yeah. Because it's where just wide open space. I'm not sure exactly. I should Had a lot of weird... There's, weird there's pl- a place called Pachaco Peak, which is near where I lived, and I just... I know there's an observatory near there, and all those kind of mountainous kind of sparse landscapes attract sedona has a has a weird reputation i've i've had some weird alien experiences there regardless i read this book um years later while i'm like processing this and the book for those of you who don't know a brief summary it's by jan tober and lewis carroll and um they're basically describing this new generation of kids who are about to be misdiagnosed as adhd when really their attention is dialed into a higher dimension meaning they're only paying attention to things that serve them and they're not built for the systems that we're living in and so they're going to be problematic as fuck (laughs) they and there's like weird nonsense in there like indigo children don't like waiting in lines and i'm like me (laughs) bi me (laughs) of course but it goes into sort of um, more of the psychological aspects. But basically, it insinuates that there are children who are seeded here by aliens. Um, I go into what I would, in retrospect, maybe call like a, like maybe a psychotic break slash awakening after reading this book. Um, I am 
scout like I'm scavenging the internet I'm looking for some evidence that like the federal government is putting kids in boarding schools who are known indigo children like crazy like a crazy person um this is in like 2015 2016 and I do find some like suggestion that that was happening um could not have been I think that at that point I was a little bit out of touch with reality um, but in my searches, I find this article, and this is the first time, this is before Ancient Aliens, this is the first time I've ever heard about indigo children or star seeds. and I find this article, and it's on the, the Shmetsu Whore, and it's about the Council of Nine, and um, Dr. Plurik and his mind control experiments at UCLA Medical Center. There's like MK Ultra uh, experiments being done on children in the 80s um where they were like taking mentally ill children and experimenting with mind like all these bizarre the most vulnerable yeah the most vulnerable and so i'm just like what the fuck is going on and then it goes back to the shmetsu whore which are this group of beings with elongated skulls who apparently helped they would be also considered like anunnaki like which are this race of beings that supposedly came to earth and mated with humans and now we have um two strand dna so we have one strand that is mammalian and one strand that is reptilian i have rh negative blood so i have like the weird blood type that like if if you if you if like if i fuck a dude right and he has regular blood like impure blood (laughs) if he's like a mud blood (laughs) my body will destroy the baby like that's rh negative blood they can't trace it back to the reese's monkey this is a real thing they can't trace it back to the reese's monkey and rh negative blood has more copper in it so it's a conductor of electricity so loads of people with this blood type it's you know i think it's a b i don't I'm not a scientist. I'm an astrologer. RH negative? Yeah. A lot of... So, I have this weird blood type. So, I'm just like, am I an alien? Like, what's going on? Was I put here? Blah, blah, blah. I'm in a very heightened state of awareness. At this point, I start to remember these strange occurrences from my childhood. This is when my psychic awakening starts. Um, In my... Uh, mania I got really I get into like these weird periods of like random research obsession and I got into this like dark one which was about like Jonestown Um, for those of you who don't know the Jonestown massacre how do you know about the Jonestown massacre what do you know isn't that the one in Texas oh no that's Waco no it's this like pastor who like took a bunch of people he took a bunch of people to an island he made them drink like a ton of kool-aid yeah, yeah. and yeah, told them they were gonna ascend decide. which they probably did ascend but basically i get into this like weird spiral my dad's like what's going on with my daughter like shouldn't you be like dating i'm like <laughs> information it beats cult. me i know cult and um so I go out to Trader Joe's with my dad. I'm talking about the Jonestown, talking about the Jonestown. He's like, you know, the guy who used to live in our house was a reporter for CBS and he went to Jonestown and he, and he died there. And I was like, what? Are you serious? And he was like, yeah. Um, 
then we're talking about other places that we've lived and in london when we moved apartments when i was like eight years old i remember we moved into this apartment i was convinced that i had been in the apartment we moved in before i was convinced and i remember being there i remember there were stickers on one room and i remember bad things happened in that room i remember what the dad looked like and i remember there was a daughter who was elder and a son who was younger and i had these like weird spatial memories of this space like it was incredibly bizarre it was like i had been there before either in a dream space i was convinced that i'd been there before which is impossible my parents wouldn't have there's no way i could have been there i wasn't like you know mm. <laughs> walking around making friends <laughs> knocking on doors <laughs> yeah and um the same day my dad tells me oh yeah like the reason why we got such a good deal on buying that apartment in London was because the man who lived there before sexually abused his children. So I look up the article, and it's, like, this dude from this weird memory I have and his two kids, same age. Like, the stickers, like, the whole thing was really bizarre. So this just sends me into, like, full-fledged whatever the fuck. And because it was such a powerful experience progressed my friend Naomi was there kind of seeing what was happening I would have checked myself into a psych ward if I didn't have anybody being like no 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 I'm seeing what's happening you're saying things out loud and then they are occurring like you were having some kind of psychic awakening um Naomi also went to some of these programs in Utah so I think that I don't know it was just it was a super confusing time so at this point this is when my journey with aliens begins so I get into watching a lot of alien documentaries. One day I'm watching an alien documentary with my dad. I think it's called like The Unexpected or something. And it's this dude and he lives in Denver, Colorado. There's a ton of weird lizard shit happening there. Don't go there. The airport. No, don't go there. Denver, Denver Colorado. The airport. Yeah. The I mean, airport. they they say that. Oh, I've heard yeah, there's that. like these underground um, layers. These underground bases. Um, where, like, the millionaires have bought real estate in case they go... Because Colorado is, like, supposed to be really safe from natural disasters. Um, But basically... uh, What was I talking about? Um, You were watching an alien documentary with your dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's this guy who lives in Denver, and he gets uh, these phone calls from these people who were, like, starseed. Um we have been taking your sperm on the spaceship and we're making like babies with the, this alien sperm. And he's getting these weird voicemails back when people used to leave voicemails. We're watching this documentary. I see my dad's pupils getting smaller and smaller. And then our Bluetooth speaker, which is unplugged, starts like reciting the same voice, but like a different, I can't even remember what the sentence was. It was just really bizarre. We get a knock on the door. My dad's pupils are just getting smaller. and sm- My dad has blue eyes. So it's like, it's like all blue. I'm like, oh my God. I've never seen my dad so scared in his life. Like, uh, it was almost like my weird schizophrenia. I was like transferring him. It. it was so intense. So I, I remember <laughs> that night we go to sleep. I hear this massive bang in the middle of the night. I go out to the back of my yard. And there's like a four by foot amethyst crystal in the back of my yard what like it dropped out of the sky i don't know my logical response is to get a hammer 
Yeah, I was freaking the fuck out. I was telling everybody, like, that I had no filter. I was going around telling all, like, look at the dots. <laughs> you know that meme of that guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah, that was, yeah, that's me. Charlie. That's me. That's me this period of time. That's just my energy. I'm like, this yeah, is here. So I get a hammer. I, like, chop it into bits. I give it to each of my family members. I'm like, this will protect you. At this point, it's I'm full-fledged, like, going through an awakening process, super dysregulated. I meet my lovely friend, Laz, who I think was on, like, the third episode of this podcast. We spend a lot of time in Malibu, in Topanga. We're always seeing things in the sky. Maybe because our perceptive... We were looking for UFOs. And I think that that's an important piece to mention. Absolutely. Like, I was looking... For evidence that there was something else I've always been the kind of person where I am incredibly connected to the stars more so than the trees I look at the stars and I just it feels like home there's something that feels like home that being said I don't even know if we're living in a hologram so I think that it could be like that could just be energy that people are like I don't think it's healthy that we live in a city where the, you can't see the stars like what if there are like weird map like where we're supposed to follow well that's that was our original map that's how people navigated before we had apple maps and google maps it, oh yeah the stars it's like follow the north star oh my god follow so chic. Pluto. i'll meet you at i'll meet you at venus and jupiter see you there <laughs> see you soon see you soon bitch. pull up um what about uranus so at this point um i moved to scotland that's a whole thing I decide that uh, my awakening in Los Angeles and trying to relay information to people um, in LA nightlife isn't really working. <laughs> I don't know. Don't know why. Not sure They're not that, that receptive. Yeah. Your your thoughts are creating your reality. I <laughs> <laughs> on cocaine. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So um. Totally. So I like moved to Scotland. Um, I fall in love. That's a whole nother episode. Have a really intense, like beautiful, but heartbreaking tantric experience. Decide in order for me to heal from this breakup, I need to start studying Reiki. And then I move into like maybe one of the most high vibrational intervals of my life where I'm living on this patch of land Findhorn in Scotland that has been given so much care and love it's on a ley line the archangel Michael ley line and I'm meditating every day I'm forest bathing every day which means I'm walking barefoot for two hours a day monitoring my body monitoring my energetic field I'm working with people for the first time all kinds of weird shit starts happening like all my devices break um, I can't use an iPhone. I only, I'm wearing like this Zara cape. I only own two pairs of shoes. I'm like, I've completed Feral McGrade here. Feral McGrade. <laughs> in the forest. In the forest. <laughs> oh my God. Falling in love with old people. All kinds of shit is going down. And you then, um, I find out that you don't just have your seven chakras. No, no, no. It does not stop there. You have a galactic chakra. And this is the first time I've heard 
of a galactic chakra and i do my white girl thing i'm on wikipedia how to activate your galactic chakra there's no fucking information online so i'm like of course they've hidden it (laughs) i've got to activate my galactic (laughs) chakra so i spend like a full afternoon focusing on eight inches above my head (laughs) like that's my purpose that day did you I, find that information somewhere? You just I, this that. woman, Laura Eisenhower, shout out to Laura Eisenhower, who's a great astrologer, granddaughter of President Eisenhower, oh. talked about how we have this galactic chakra, and it's a, it's called, like, the causal chakra, and it contains all of our wisdom from other lifetimes. And it's eight inches above It's your above head. your head. So it's not your crown. It's above your crown. That makes sense. And it, you, you move it in, like, an infinity spiral, and if you activate it, you can activate past life wisdom. So I'm, like, obsessed with figuring this shit out. So I take a bath with all my crystals. I meditate. I have this really intense meditation where I see these, like, light orbs. And it feels very Pleiadian. And our the Pleiadians are connected to all indigenous cultures. They are, suppo- like, the Mayans, the Mayan temples were in alignment with the Pleiades. 2012 and, like, all of that was in you know connect connection to the pleiades there's a lot of like ple like the celts the Na- native american the indigenous people are all connected to the pleiades so they're like the good aliens and they're not aliens they're just like they're they appear apparently i mean not apparently because i fucking saw them what am i saying they're like indigo orbs so they're just in a higher density of reality so as i'm training for this reiki i start to get all these what i call downloads so it's just psychic information that it just kind of comes from this from the sky or i don't know where it comes from my my sim operator, Your sim operator. <laughs> make her know make her know now and um so i i have this so i'm like okay i'm gonna activate my galactic chakra take all my crystals go to bed i live in the attic of this room i have a skylight i leave the skylight open i go to sleep i wake up i'm completely sober i wake up and there are six or seven of these indigo orb motherfuckers. We well, invited them, of course. Floating around my room, <laughs> and I was terrified. How big were they? Um, like probably the size of like my palm. Each one was like the size of my palm, and they're just like bzzz, they're like buzzing around me. And they had the sensation that I was being scammed. Like I was, they were like examining my physical form. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't really move. I didn't have sleep paralysis. I knew that I could stop it at any time. And I also knew that they weren't bad, but it was still an otherworldly experience. So like in theory, this sounds like great fun. Try being woken up in the middle of the night by a bunch of orbs. You're like, what, why, what's happening? And... This is, like, at least a 20-minute excursion, a 20-minute extravaganza, this light, fucking light show of of terror. And at one point, they send, they project this symbol into my third eye region, which I now know to be the Tibetan symbol called the Sri Yantra. And the Sri Yantra, I just had, like, a glitch as I said this. I just saw something out of it. Anyway. The Sri Yantra is um, one of the oldest Tibetan symbols, and it encapsulates the entire golden ratio. The golden ratio is yeah. everywhere in our body. This is supposed to be the symbol of abundance and balance between the masculine and feminine. And as soon as they project it into my third eye region, 
so my pineal region um it's everywhere i look this sensation lasts in total the whole thing lasts 20 minutes and i think at one point i was just like oh go away and i like turned around and they just left i go downstairs to like yap away about it to people at an eco village surprise surprise nobody's like jumping up or shocked they're like oh wow that's interesting blah 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 it was one of the most insane experiences of my life so when i continued to work with people when doing reiki i would focus on this causal chakra this like dormant chakra that was part of my my focus um a couple months later i went to the eco village conference in estonia and i met this sangoma who was uh african shaman and she was doing a talk on racism in eco villages and uh, eco diversity. And she was uh, talking about how she was basically a shaman and she would go into trance. And I, my ex-boyfriend, this is another podcast, but my ex-boyfriend uh, had a shamanic calling and it ended our relationship and it was like really painful and I was like you're a white man you don't have like an African shamanic calling what the fuck are you talking about your ancestors are sipping tea on a goddamn plantation sir shut the fuck up stop being a bitch uh, that was my whole attitude during a relationship so I'm talking to her and I'm like is it possible for a white person to have a calling to be a sangoma and she's like yes we're talking and I go up to her at the end of her her talk and I give her a hug and when I leave to give her a hug my hair gets caught in her her necklace and she goes these are my sangoma beads and I'm like okay sorry mm -hmm. <laughs> and she's like you have the calling and I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> no um, fucking yeah. way. And then the next day I went to go talk to her because I was freaking out. Because apparently when you have this calling, this shamanic calling, if you don't follow it, you're fucked for life. Like, you just have bad luck. You get really sick. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, freak. I didn't sleep a wink. And she wouldn't talk to me about it till the next day. And then I went to go see her the next day. And she was like, have you been visited in the past month? And I was like, yes, there are orbs in my room. They were really scary. And she was like, you can make rules with spirit. Be like, hey, you can't visit me because you're going to freak me out. You can't come and see me you in physical. set boundaries with yeah. the spiritual world. Yeah, and she, she gave me this list of things. Like, I always have to ask for signs and multiples of three. And it, they always have to be in English. Like, don't try and, like, <laughs> I'm not going to. Code. Don't give me a Russian sign. So that was my first adult visitation. Um, since then, I've had other visitations. Uh, more recently, I mean, they just appear as lights to me. I saw a reptilian. We'll get into that later. Don't trust greys. Um, but I really want to hear about your experience. I've only had really one experience seeing... I think I've been visited before, but... I'm also not as far into my psychic journey as you. I'm I bullshit. Think the, you're a Pisces. You're fucking. I way mean, out. I know. I've been at like three thousand years in the making, but I think as of recently, I'm really starting to hone in on all of that. Um, I think I dated a reptilian. What? I didn't tell you this. No, oh my god! Oh my. No, I'm gonna say it all. Talking okay, so. 
Should I talk about the alien experience for no, it? No, no, no. Okay, talk. I guess I have to talk about this. So I started dating this guy, and I had run into him before once, and he had complimented my overalls in, like, the place that he works. Obvious reptilian, Obviously pal. reptilian. But he was, <laughs> I just remember seeing him and being like, oh, he's cute, but I didn't talk to him. We were in, a, like, a public setting. Anyway, I meet him through friends a little you know, six months later or something. And I'm like, okay, this guy's cute. We start hanging out and he's attractive. And then there were just things that were, you know, we dated for a little and things kind of bothered me about him. But the weirdest thing was he, he spoke like a robot. Like there was something so blank behind his eyes and the way he behaved. There was just no way he could be human. I just knew and that he would tell stories and tell me like facts and show me things as if this was like every day was his first day on the planet, but somehow he knew everything. (laughs) It was like, you are not of, of the same type. And it, this wasn't just some weird guy. I promise this was like, what, what was his physical appearance like? He has, like, long, dark hair. His job is very sociable, so he's always meeting people and talking to people. But when he meets... Is he wealthy? No. Okay. Not at all. Um, but somehow he's always surviving. <laughs> I don't know. He has a tail. <laughs> he has a tail. He's covered in scales. But he just had this presence that made me feel like I was not around a human being. Really? It was really bizarre. He had a pet, and he, like, barely knew how to take care of it. Like, like what kind of pet? A dog. Okay. But, like he somehow didn't. It just he felt... was a fellow lizard. <laughs> he had he had seven lizards. He carried them on leash. My mom did date a guy who like raised reptiles when she was in her twenties. So sketch. She was like, I couldn't deal with the snakes. <laughs> Me girl. Super hands. Anyway, I swear this guy was a reptilian. I'm not really articulating how... It's a presence thing. Like, you have to meet this guy to understand. Was he scary? Yeah. Like, when he would look into my eyes and say things, I would feel threatened. And he would just be, like, telling me about, you know, some musical artist he would swear I never heard of. And it was, like, Stevie Wonder. And I'd be like, it's Z-Berg. D-D-D. And then he told me he would ha- he just have like the craziest theories. I don't know. It's he could have very well been human, but um, I've like stopped thinking about this guy completely. He would just his social media antics were too weird, and it just you know it was like a ghosting situation. And like we were cool, whatever. Only reptilians ghost. You hear? You heard it here first. No, I swear. And this is. This is more proof that he's a reptilian. My friend who introduced us ran into him on the beach the other day. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay, here we go. And he's on the phone and he's like, hey, sorry, I'm on a date and I, I don't know where she went. And it's like, what? First of all, how do you lose your date on the beach? Like, what was going on? You ate her. <laughs> he goes... Um, do you you know who Kesha is? (laughs) And my friend is like, yeah. And he goes, 
it's her. <laughs> and my friend obviously doesn't believe him because this guy's a known, you know, fibber. <laughs> <laughs> Reptilian <Me>. slash lie. <laughs> Reptilians lie all the time. And, oh my god, he, I have abs. And <laughs> my friend are standing there, and then Katja disappears, and she oh. just walks up. Oh my god. And he proceeds to go off on his date with Kesha. And I'm like, any man of that, like, he's just too charming. Like, I think that's a reptilian trait, is if they're not a sociopath, they're likely reptilian. Yeah, but it's interesting because if you think about it, like, I heard somebody, I mean, I was, like, like I said, like, the beginning of my spiritual journey, I was really into conspiracy theories. Like, I knew who Epstein was back in, like, 2016. Like, I wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. My dad was like, you need to stop talking about this to everybody. Like, it's getting really, and this was before it was, like, associated with QAnon. Like, it was not political at this point. Like, I just, like, knew, I was like, haven't you heard who's going to Jeff... Epstein's like but I I heard this person say something like what if reptilian is the modern mythology of the reptilian strand of DNA which is our fight or flight trauma response is the unhealed masculine basically which I've been like discussing on the podcast and I think that it could be just like the modern like if you think about it figuratively and symbolically rather than literally it makes it a, a lot easier that being said, the night that I broke into the Greystone Mansion right before I left for Scotland because I like to go out with a bang, I went with my friend Laz. We snuck in to the Greystone Mansion, trespassing with a bottle of, um, what's that terrible wine that has a giraffe on it? Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> and we're like, we're going to walk um, around um the premises of the greystone mansion because apparently they like the guy who owned the greystone mansion we both went to camp there you went to catskills right Mm -hmm. you didn't they used to have like a theater program there but basically they uh the guy who found it he found it because he found a bunch of money doing dowsing which is like he was using a divination tactics to find oil and so apparently the Greystone Mansion had all of these underground tunnels connected to it. And one night I'm like, I'm bored. Like, I don't want to go out. I want to, like, break into the grounds of this mansion and explore. It's the Pisces full moon. It's midnight. My friend and I, Laz, we break in, hop the fence. We go there. We're walking around. I'm like, you know what? It might be time to leave. As we are leaving, we see an unmarked SUV start to pull into the property. And it's like one in the morning. And we're like, this is fucking weird. And then the light, what, it's not like, it's got a license plate that says prestige. And there's like these like guys in uniform, like military uniform, letting people into the Greystone Mansion at 1 a.m. And yeah, and so we hide behind the gatekeeper's office down this trail that's above the gatekeeper's. It's like this hill. We were there for, I kid you not, two hours, like hunched. Like I was in tears because I was convinced. Yeah, because as we were walking to this spot to hide, I see this like 
humanoid that's like seven foot tall running up the hill covered in scales and i'm convinced i think i think so and i'm convinced that something about me being in such a heightened state of fear made me it possible for me to see that like i think that with the reptilian stuff like you maybe have to be afraid of them in order for them to even exist um anyway my friend laz will attest this really happened it was really scary um this was right before i left la uh it was very intense a lot of weird activity going on then but yeah i want to hear about your ufo I don't know. It was a weird night. I was in Charleston, which at the time I had no idea, but I recently looked it up and there's a lot. It's one of the top places Where's to Charleston? see. It's in South Carolina. It's on the water. Um, it's a really cool city. It's very haunted, very old. And I was on the beach with two of my friends late at night. And I think we went out to like go swim in the bioluminescence but realized we didn't want to swim to a lifeguard tower at 11 p.m (laughs) so we uh or not a lifeguard tower uh what is it called like a lighthouse or something i don't know and we're on the beach and first something really weird happens there's this like drunk man stumbling down the beach near the water and he sees us and starts like walking towards us and it was just this like we all kind of froze and freaked out Luckily, my friend's dog was with us, and he's really well-trained, and he immediately saw this guy and, like, honed in and starts, like, walking towards him and barking aggressively, and the guy fucked off. And then we're just sitting on the beach, and I look up, and I just see something in the sky, and it doesn't look like a plane, and I started, as soon as I started, like, trying to figure out what it was, it took, like, five flashes and disappeared, like, five in a row, and just went boop, boop, boop. And I look at my friend, and one of them saw it, and one didn't. And the friend who saw it was like, that was a UFO. There's no way that... that's We'd never seen... It was like blue light, too. Yeah, exactly. It was they blue flash. light. They, they don't move... Like, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. No, they flash because they're moving so fast yeah, or exactly. something. They're just... It, they're it disappear. Yeah, I've seen those a million times. So, they look like... I, this is what I saw in Sedona. When I was in Sedona, I ha- we had this, like, hitchhiker who took us on the star tour and she was talking about space brothers and sisters and the great white brotherhood, which is like a cult that was targeting me. I think I got into that episode three. <laughs> anyway, um, we like spent all night looking up at the sky and it, they look like irregular stars. Yeah. Like they don't look like, I have seen a saucer once in Malibu with Laz where it was like above us. Apparently there's a UFO garage in Malibu but I think that those are government craft. Yeah. I think that the UFOs, they move like stars, but faster. And I also believe that you have to be in a high enough vibration to even pick up on them. I think that they move like light, basically. Yeah. I've seen stars open up and close. I remember I was going through like a bunch of... Uh, I was going through a really hard time, even in Beachwood, and I would spend all night just, like, staring at a star. I had, I was, like, convinced that if stars are light and light is information, stars are suns, basically, but light is information. So if I star- stare at a star, like, it felt like it, it was communicating with me in this 
really strange way. Like, I feel like stars can do that. So I had a lot of experiences of seeing them flash and, and move in irregular patterns. But I think like the, the, what are they called? Like the cylinder craft or the triangle craft. I think a lot of those are government, uh, craft. And I also think that greys are organically formed aliens that are part of like the Mars group and the Mars group are not good. They're in affiliation with the gov. They live on Mars. I think that, that there was a cataclysm on Mars. They found nuclear evidence of wars on Mars. I think that there used to be a race of beings that came from Mars and they blew up another planet. You're not supposed to do that. Those are the galactic rules. We don't blow up other planets. Um, so there has been life on Mars in the past. They also found sculptures on Mars of giant faces that they believe to have been Anunnaki. The Anunnaki are these beings, apparently, that came down to Earth and mated with humans. Um, more information on that is in the Sumerian clay tablets. Um, but the Anunnaki were supposedly creator gods, creator beings, um, and yeah, I mean, do I, do I sound like, <laughs> no, but I think that the grays from, I have it under psychic Intel, <laughs> very reliable source. Um, the grays, yeah, primary source. The grays are organically formed robots. A lot of people who have like, abduction experiences with grays see them next to government officials or see them next to doctors or humans. And I think the grays are like the future. They're like, you can grow a, a gray, grow gray, grow a gray. Um, so don't fuck with grays. Don't fuck with reptiles. Definitely fuck. I fuck heavily with the Pleiadians. I fuck heavily with the Pleiadians. I think Jesus was a Pleiadian. The Pleiadian Gateway, which is in the end of the Taurus, uh, it's, uh, there's Alcyon, which is zero degrees of Gemini. Gemini is also about the pineal gla- gland, Gem in I, Gemini, the twins. Gemini is about perception. Taurus, which is a, the first planet that's ruled by Venus. Uh, there, It's in between the Taurus and uh, Gemini range. The, the Pleiades are a star cluster of seven stars that are considered to be our galactic ancestors. And it's supposedly where our souls originate from before we get trapped in like the matrix that is reality. So apparently the Pleiadians are really invested in the spiritual evolution of human consciousness and they really want to see us get free. So I have had a lot of experiences with the Pleiadians, the first of which was in Indio... Uh, California during Coachella weekend two, 2016. Hey. Hey. Hey, Coachella. Hey, Coachella. Um, I was giving readings for the first time, and I had this experience of being out in the backyard looking at the stars, and they were doing kind of what you were saying. They were flashing and moving in these very bizarre patterns. And then at one point, these two stars split apart, and they formed this vortex of energy and it was me Laz and and this other woman and we were outside and my mouth dropped and my hands started vibrating and I started shaking and the whole experience was weird because it was the first time I'd never given readings it was that day so I had like this weird messiah complex 
And my body started shaking and I was having this like incredible spiritual experience. It was really powerful. The next day, Laz was like, I'm going to be smart. I'm going to like go and scan the sky with my like sky scanner. And it was the Pleiades. The only information I had on the Pleiades was my friend Naomi had given me a book four months earlier that I never read. And it was about the teachings of the Pleiades, which was a channeling. Uh, I think by Barbara Hanclow. And basically in the book, it said, if you want to build an altar, you do it four by four foot and you have each element represented. The Pleiadians are, it's, it's a, a lot of it is like paganism. Like when we think of the cultures that were connected to them, which were, you know, the indigenous people, the native American people, the Celts, the Mayans, the aboriginals were connected to them. The aboriginals worship the Pleiades. They believe that we were in something called dream time where like this whole reality was an illusion and if you wanted to manifest food you just have to think about it like every indigenous culture that has been like stampeded upon wiped out by force was connected to this race of beings they all talk like it's super sus um so in this book it said if you want to make an altar you have it four by four feet and you have each of the elements represented and i had been doing that for like a year and i hadn't read the book so i went back and read the book and i was like this is just too it's too weird for words, as my dad would say. <laughs> it's too weird for words. So, um, got really into them. I believe that that's who I was visited by in Scotland. And also in Scotland, I w- had an experience where I found this staff. I can't believe I'm talking about all of this. So insane. Get, Get it all out. I found this staff by the sea in Scotland and it looked like a snake that had been petrified in wood. I pick it up and I'm like, this is important as fuck. Sometimes <laughs> you just know the nature object. I know. It's like, like, this is, this is, this is me. Yeah, this is the me. I'm I was like, what you. the fuck is this? It did not make any sense. I take it into this cave. If you've ever been in like a cave or like a dark space and you just stare into the space, you'll start to sort of see fractals of light moving. I'm staring in this cave and I see the ugliest fucking face I've ever seen. <laughs> it is the fucking ugliest face. It's the ugliest profile I've ever seen. It has a massive nose. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I was like, what is going on? So I go home, do my white girl thing, Wikipedia snake symbolism. Because I've like seen this like weird snake, petrified snake. And then the first thing I see when I go on Wikipedia, this is the one time that Wikipedia has served me, is this image of Quetzalcoatl. Quetzalcoatl is a snake deity that apparently was sent from the Pleiades, was born as a snake in a cave by the sea, and during the 2012 Awakening was supposed to, like, assist people, like, was, like, basically something to do with ascension, humanity moving into higher sense like states of consciousness so i have this like weird connection to quetzalcoatl which is this snake deity i don't worship deities i don't believe in that i don't like transactions with any other thing anything other than yourself i think that we're all creator beings i think the age of worship is over but that was a very poignant part of my life and then alaska who we just had dinner with during the, the the first couple weeks of lockdown, on a typewriter, 
sends me he has no, no idea that i've experienced this sends me this dream he's ha- he's had about the apocalypse and me and quetzalcoatl in a cave and mentions it by name and he types it out it's like this eight page letter <laughs> and i was like this shit is so layered and weird i can't even i don't even i still don't you know still how don't to, even know to do with all yeah i don't i mean i do know you're, that like you're figuring it out i i when i i think that um like when i've taken psychedelics i sometimes see the same figure the same like this it's this interesting face um, I think that it's it's some kind of ascension deity that, that comes from the Pleiades or like a... I think that it's all archetypes. Like Jesus, Jesus is an archetype. A bunch of people pray to this energy and it becomes a thing. You know, the, like it's like a symbol. He, yeah, he is a symbol. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that psychedelics can help you see Reach aliens and all of these other realms and beings. Yeah. So do psychedelics Help responsibly? You, well, D, well, DMT I think is also like DMT a lot of people definitely aliens. But that's the thing; they're interdimensional. They're not. You have to connect to that that energy, and we have so much distraction around us that I feel like most people wouldn't even consider that they could see any of this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the first time I did DMT, I had this uh, experience where it was the same thing. I was being scanned. This is kind of scary. And I felt this energy in my legs that wasn't me. And I was like, this energy is not mine. And it's in my legs. What's going on? (laughs) And it felt like an energetic implant. And I felt the DMT like remove it from my legs. When I started to work with Grace and Persia, who are Aztec Toltec shamans, um, two, like two years ago, they told me that I was leaving planet at the age, like before the age of three, I was like going to meet my lineage of light, which are my star family, which supposedly are like Pleiadian beings. And the government knew that I was doing this because they can track who leaves the planet. And they had put trackers. <laughs> it's Grace versus the government always. <laughs> and Grace and Persia were like, we remove them, it's fine. Like they, And I was like, okay. I mean, there's like, I don't know if you've seen Vice documentaries. There's like a ton of people who believe that they have been implanted or energetically implanted. Oh yeah, and people who have been abducted who have been... Yeah, I mean, I'm convinced that probably everyone has been abducted. I think I was abducted. When what? I, was I can't remember it, and I'm trying to, you know, have some regression. What is it called? Like, you can get yeah hypnosis. But I don't know if I want it. That's the thing. I've always had so much hesitation on like diving in because I'm scared. Yeah. But I wanted to mention I did DMT once by accident. What? At my high school You were roofied with DMT? With DMT by my friend's ex-boyfriend at our eighth, uh, our, not eighth grade, high school graduation party. And I was at this kid's house. It's funny because I didn't even recall this until now, kind of. But I'm sitting there and someone hands me a bong. I'm like sitting in a chair on the porch and someone hands me a bong and I think it's weed. So I hit it and I take a really deep hit 
and I'm in front of all like my high school, all the high school boys who are smoking weed. So I obviously have to take a really huge hit of this bong to make them realize I'm a cool stoner too. And in between, the next thing that happened was I went on a space journey. Uh, where to? Like a long, I don't remember most of it. But was it was it like, like interdimensional? Interdimensional. I was like going through space. I was kind of like on a tour. Was like, it like spaces in like galaxy space? Galaxy. Or just, okay. I was like, fl- like seeing everything and going through, going in between planets, going around. And then the next thing I know, I'm standing in a group of people, like, across the room. I didn't come back to Earth until that moment. And back in my body. And then suddenly, I was brought back by someone being saying something to me. And I don't even know what they said. I just responded, oh, I'm, I just went on a space journey. I was like, because <laughs> like, when you're 18, I didn't know what to make of that. I was not spiritual at all. So I, I feel like I just was like, oh, funny, I was high. Mm-hmm. And then I freaked out after that because I was like, okay, that felt weirdly real and I, something just happened. So I went into the living room of this person's (coughs) house, which was completely dark. No one was hanging out in there. (coughs) And I just sat alone, like applying chapstick manically. (laughs) And I was like, my friend's like, you're just high. And I'm like, no, I just saw things. Like you don't understand. I was just sitting there in the corner. I just saw things. My lips need to be hydrated. I just needed a moment alone. I just couldn't handle what was going on. And I don't think I'd been drinking. I know I definitely wasn't because I, I was driving. But after that, I was so. Dude, I have no empathy for people who drink and do DMT. Like what a, what, what a gross. Why would you mix and match? But I didn't know I was doing DMT that night. I was, I was the, the driver. My friend had to drive to the next location. I think we went to another party and I just remember, like, driving through the Arizona desert in the ba- in the passenger seat, looking out the window and seeing, like, ra- like different colored lights flashing. And this was, like, hours after I had done DMT. And I wasn't stoned. It was, it was definitely DMT because I confirmed that very shortly after my space journey. Really? <laughs> and I just remember seeing, like, crazy lights. I think that was... I think I was, like, accidentally called into that realm realm with the dmt but as an 18 year old who was partying and just wanting to do drugs i was kind of experiencing it all like an episode of euphoria where i was just like oh pretty lights (laughs) but it was it was otherworldly and that experience has never left me i made a crazy note in my phone wait do you have it let's see it would be from 2013 um Probably not. I think I've broken too many phones since then, but I'll look back. It was nuts. It was just, like, what I was interpreting. The first time I did DMT, I was, like, super scared. I wore a diaper because I heard that some people poop themselves. I was with my friend Laz, and I wore a diaper. We bought adult diapers. He was like, you're not going to poop yourself. I was like, I don't care. I'm going to wear a diaper anyway. Um, and we, we made like a altar of crystals and like sacred nature objects. And I like cast a circle of salt and we did DMT and it was like two days before I left for Scotland. So it was like supposed to be an 
homage to like whatever this spiritual journey I was going on, which I think it's it's important. Like if you're having a, having an awakening experience, I think it's really important to in- visit your ancestral land. Um, I think that that's a rite of passage. It's important to visit the land that your ancestors are from, um, particularly if you're not indigenous to the land you're living in, like me. Um, oh my God, wait, this was the other thing I needed to tell you. So I met this indigenous woman who was, uh, at this, um, pottery art show in Los Angeles. And around this time I had been like hanging out in Beachwood a lot and I would go to Beachwood and I got this like weird energy from like the land here that it was like angry. Like I had these weird experiences where it felt like the trees were communicating with me and they were talking about like what had happened on this land. I see this woman, she beelines for me straight away. She's a Native American woman and she starts talking about how there has been so much genocide in Los Angeles and so much dark magic in Los Angeles that the vibration is like smog here. And that her people used to be connected to the star people who were the Pleiadians. They used to come visit the indigenous people of this land and they would be in communion with the indigenous folk. And then what happened was the colonizers came and they did so much like dark magic and so much like genocide. She talked a lot about like, uh, you know, children getting taken and she was just weeping. Like she, I think she just needed to be heard. Like it was such an intense experience and it just started out of nowhere. And she said that these beings could no longer access her people here. So she had to move. And, um, it was really intense and I think about that a lot like I think that sometimes with these visitation experiences a lot of it has to do with like how high in vibration is the land and like how much trauma has the land experienced like we forget that has a huge the land holds trauma I think it's important like as witches we remember like we're also here to heal the land and heals like the spaces, like the space you keep is so important. Your room is so important. Your home is so important because that's your portion of land. Your job is to clear it and alchemize it and improve it in some way um, rather than just extract from it. But she, yeah, I mean, that was that was very intense. And I think about that a lot. That California in particular used to be like a a, a place where aliens could come down and visit not anymore or it's harder that being said a couple weeks ago i heard this like insane beeping noise i was asleep i heard this insane beeping noise it wouldn't stop it was incessant and i was like they're beaming the 5g at me (laughs) they know i'm special (laughs) i was like they're trying to tell don't try to tell my sparkle (laughs) please stop please cut it out um and uh <laughs> i was like what is this 5g or is this like a holy experience can't tell and i was uh i was like oh no frequential weaponry or god and it lasted like 15 minutes and it just kept kept getting louder so i was like okay i'm just gonna surrender to whatever the sound is once again completely sober i start seeing abstract like psychedelic visuals in my like in my third eye I start experiencing all of these, like, crazy energetic sensations. I wake up the next morning. Next morning, I start to see 
like a, it looks like a snake of light. It's in the right side of my visual perception and it's flashing like this weird, like it's so many colors at once. And then it stops. But no, hold on. I closed my eyes because I was like, I'm going blind. Cool. <laughs> Sick. This is my next chapter. Like, blind grace. Oh, Who's going to do my makeup for me? <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> um, I was freaking out. And I call my dad and I'm like, dad, I'm going. I th- I'm either going blind or I'm being visited by aliens. This is not the first time this has happened. And he's like, you're fine. It's going to be okay. Close your eyes and tell me if it's still there. And it was still there. But it was it was like in my perceptive field. It lasted about 20 minutes, and then it went away. I've had a couple experiences of that in the past month. Something's trying to enter your realm. I hope. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's bad either. I mean, I think that these experiences are common. My friend Tristan texted me at the exact same time, and he was like, do you feel this energy right now? This is insane. (sighs) And I was like, okay, word. Like, at least least I'm not alone. Yeah, not the only one. Yeah. Anyway, any cl- we can continue to talk about this maybe for days. This yeah. will have to be the first of many. First of a series. Of yeah, Alien. Aliens Plus. You were the first person to have an Alien versus Predator. You, you still have that Aliens versus Predator vintage sweatshirt, which is That's maybe so the chicest yeah, thing. I wore that to work yesterday. My pre- it's Predator 2. Oh, yeah. But not Aliens, but I mean Predator is an Alien. Yeah. And, and you know, that's, and I posted about it and I was like, has anyone actually seen this movie? Cause I haven't seen Predator 2, a sequel to a movie that came out in the nineties. And so many people replied, all men, of course, that are like, what? You haven't seen that? It's set in LA and obviously Men LA are so gets weird destroyed. about, men are so gatekeepy. They're so, so culturally so gate- like, what's up with that? How so, haven't you heard this? How haven't sorry, you? Sorry, I haven't seen every '90s sequel. Sorry, but... I don't engorge myself on programming. You fucking cook. <laughs> but the movie set in LA isn't that funny? Predator Two, and I I love any disaster movie where LA gets destroyed. I don't know what kind of importance that's uh, or issues that I have with Los Angeles. But what about you? Um, I think that I haven't even seen Alien. Oh my god, it's so scary. I'm really afraid. I saw, I saw signs when I was, um, maybe nine years old, and, um, that was when I started having dreams that were not from this lifetime, and in the dreams I saw the Shmetsu War. (laughs) these beings with elongated skulls invading my planet. I don't know what that means. That's what the dreams were. I would relay them to my parents. They'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, this is your planet. I'd be like, no, like something else happened. Like, I think, I think maybe we have this idea that past lives are behind us. I think earth is an incubator for like all of these space wars that have occurred between like interdimensional races of beings and right now we're experiencing a resolution of that and that's why people are fighting all the time um everyone's just a thought just a thought but i i did have um 
I had memories, and I, 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 it was a very disturbing dream, and it was a repeated dream, and it was of these beings coming, like, invading sacred land. I also read this um, really interesting book, and it was a channeled book. This is very interesting. And it was about, like, how we're in this, this like, age of the unconscious masculine, and what that shows up as is, like, the reptilian race. But there was actually an age of unconscious feminine that was giant spiders and it was a matriarchy and they were giant spiders very sexual giant spiders and they died uh, or they came from like the constellation of scorpio and that's why humans are so afraid of spiders because they have this like past because we're coming out of twelve thousand years of unconscious lifetimes so there have been like any possible timeline of unconsciousness has existed and I think that that was a potential timeline where there were these like interdimensional spiders, jeepers creepers or anyone. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have this fear of spiders and spiders have eight legs and that's the eighth house and it's Pluto and it's Scorpio. I don't know. The idea of that, I think about it once a day. I don't know spiders. if it's real. Do you, Sp- do giant you kill them or do you let them live? Well, they're good money totems, so I try not to kill them. I let them outside sometimes, but I never. Yeah, they're they're so some in some cultures they're said to be totems of money, in other cultures, um, I mean it's eight, so it's abundance. So yeah, (laughs) don't kill spiders. Don't kill them. Don't kill them. But also, they're if you see a brown fucking recluse, I was terrified of spiders at camp. Terrified. Also. Camp Hollywood land. Anything I can tie back into aliens. <laughs> Anything you give me. Camp Hollywood land girls camp. Had a few experiences in Griffith Park of feeling like I was being abducted by aliens. Really? And so did the other campers because I worked there as a counselor where I would wake up in like a lucid dream space and I would be on top of what felt like a medical table. Like, I, I, I had so many dreams where I would, like, wake up and I would feel like I was on this, like, metal surface. And I would feel really uncomfortable. Like, that is one thing that I do remember. Like, I think that there's good abductions and then there's bad abductions. Yeah. I think the light, That's the higher... experience, the medical table, examination yeah. room. It's never a light. Like, I don't remember a light, but I remember the physical sensation. Oh, it's so gross when I think about it. Of waking up in this like semi dream space where my body is is just uncomfortable i it, it's very hard for me to describe but then whatever the other side of these beings are like the higher beings that are concerned with like the evolution of human consciousness they just use your light body so it doesn't feel traumatizing i don't know how i know this i do you get all knowing <laughs> Anyway, I think we should go try to see aliens. Dude, let's fucking do it. Let's do it. I'm down for that any day of the week. I have a telescope in this house, but also really? places to go see aliens. Topanga's one of them. Let's go to Topanga. Malibu is one I, of I them. When I lived in Topanga, I felt, I lived there for six months, and I felt like I was in a different dimension. And it was only when I slipped into the canyon. Like, I would go down to Venice to the bars with my friends and, like, have this other life and then come back to Topanga and feel like I was just dealing with it. And it wasn't because everyone was weird there. It was because 
<laughs> it wasn't because there was a bunch of hippies. Uh, it was because people even call them hippies. Yeah, <laughs> to classify <laughs> Tobangans as I know they're too. But, um, you know what? What what else is weird is you know Crescent Drive where we used to go tagging. Yeah, that's where I would go and see them. Really, I would see mad UFOs up there. I used to go there all the time. That's oh. where I would go UFO sightings. Yeah, that's a that's definitely a. You could get abducted up there. Is how I feel. And it's, you know what else? It's right by that government base that Jared Leto lives in. Oh, yeah, it is. The Exposing Jared Leto's address (laughs) the government base up in Laurel Canyon. So, um, the Russians and the Americans had a space race. It's not a space race. They had a race to monopolize different energy. They found out that the Earth has ley lines. So, the Earth operates on, like, a natural grid system where it pushes energy through the Earth's meridians. The Earth has meridians. So they figured out that if you could... uh, I'm not going to call them portals. But if you... Like, there were places of greater magnitude on Earth than other... Yeah, they're vortexes. So both the Russians and the Americans had, like, a race to monopolize as many of these locations as possible and put bases on them. So Jared Leto's house is which used to be a government base is built on top of one of those vortexes because the idea was if you made a plan in a on a vortex it had greater magnitude and weight because it was more likely that certain things could come to fruition on these points of earth because there's more energy there so that was a vortex yeah for sure it is definitely a vortex for sure Anyway, my computer is about to die, so we've got to close it up. Do you have any closing notes? Uh, aliens are real. They're all around us. They're different than the movies. <laughs> don't reference alien. Don't date reptilians. Don't date reptilians. Also, don't falsely accuse women of being reptiles who aren't. Because <laughs> they're not. <laughs> We're, just to clarify, no one recording this podcast right now is a reptilian. <laughs> Dead ass. But we know, we've experienced them. Yeah. All right, Beswa, blessed be. Kisses.